0: The Business Buzz Podcast You're tuned in to The Business Buzz Good day and welcome to The Business Buzz For your weekly dose of business finance and economics news Right here on Vow FM That's the voice of Wits Broadcasting live from our studios Right here in Bromfontein, Johannesburg My name is Leon Mob Justice Gavaz And I'll be your host for today now, who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to keep you entertained, educated and intrigued about the world of business. Now, before we get into the main uh, business offer uh, today's Business Buzz show, I think easily one of the biggest stories um, involving the world of commerce this week um, has been uh, the click story. In a normal situation, you'd expect that uh, the fact that uh, the economy contracted by about 16% in the second quarter of 2020 would be the big news. Uh, but no, it was actually a gaffe um, by one of the biggest uh, pharma companies in the country. Now, there's been a lot said and uh, said, written and talked about um, this matter. But in summary, uh, Pharmacy Group clicks uh, permanently removed a brand of uh, uh, Unilever's hair products uh, from its shelves in the wake of an anti racism protest um, against a controversial advert. Uh, the advert actually described the hair of a black model as dry and damaged and that of a white model as being fine, flat, and normal, sparking a social media backlash that actually saw the beginning of an EFF demonstration. Now, there's been a lot that's been said, as I said, but um, my take uh, is on two two quick things um the first one is just uh the more that some of these events um happen and occur we're seeing a lot of companies getting into trouble over a lot of these issues internationally and locally people uh, you know, we'll think about uh, the way that uh, brands, you know, actually position themselves. One of the big things and big trends that we're likely to see continuing and possibly extending further is just the fact that firstly, uh, corporate social responsibility, which has traditionally been the reserve of uh, making charitable donations and, you know, things like that, that now, you know, your CSI or CSR is actually extending beyond um, just your charitable contributions that being a that being um, a socially responsible citizen corporate citizen sorry also has to do with how you're marketing yourself positioning your brand talking to your customers and actually respond um, to crises as they happened the second big thing to note is just how much of a mess has actually occurred. But more than anything else, what's more concerning is the fact that a group of educated men and women across two really big companies in South Africa sat down, came up with this advert. It went through so many processes because in large companies, there are a lot of checks and balances and people decided on both sides uh, that this was a good thing before it actually became um, the mess that it is. Now, and I think a lot more just needs to be done within companies to give people voices and to actually vet um, some of these things before they go out. So, that's just a quick take just around uh, what has easily been one of the biggest um, issues uh, during this week. Uh, But, sort of uh, sticking around the issue of you know how you represent yourself um, on social media and online Um, in today's show, we're going to be talking about how people are actually. Actually representing themselves within a corporate environment, and how much control um, companies might have over communications of staff, and what type of laws are being made just around um, an increasingly digital economy and more and more digital communication that's going on out there. A recent case at Discovery actually saw um, employees that were fired for distributing messages through a WhatsApp group about the company that was actually deemed to contradict. Um, discovery social media policy. So because of all of that, we decided to talk to some experts just around what this means. How can you protect yourself? What does the law say? And also at the same time with more and more people working at home, what are some of the ways in which companies are monitoring the productivity of uh, their employees online? So to help us to navigate this topic, we're going to be speaking uh, to Nelisa uh, Nolana who is uh, the managing director at PR Trend ZA about some of the apps employers are using to track employees' productivity and then at the same time we're also going to talk to Amanda Manyame a digital law and policy advisor about the cyber cybercrimes bill um, that is uh, set to come into law um, very soon and some of the legalities of uh, expressing yourself online within a corporate context. Also coming up we're going to be getting into the business wrap, that's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news, and then we will also be going to be getting into the Buffalo Index where we tell you the state of your 100 Rand. Now, remember that you can keep in touch with us on social media. Uh, we are VowFM. That's the Voice of Vits uh, on Facebook. You can also find our other Facebook page that is the Vitz Radio Academy on Twitter where hashtag uh, businessbuzz and our handle is at VowFM. You can also stream the station live on vowfm.co.za and remember. That podcast of the Business Bus Show are available on vets.journalism.co.za. So that's how the show is looking like. Definitely make sure you don't turn that dial. Coming up next, we're going to be getting into the Business Wrap. Business Wrap with Ken Sweatman. In our business wrap we give you some insight into the week's top trending business and economics news and to help us to unpack what's been going on this week. Um it's been uh, quite busy out there. We are joined by our financial expert Ken Swetenham on the hand. Uh Ken greetings to you. What are you keeping uh, what have you been keeping an eye on this week? Well, certainly uh, the
1: biggest news story of this week has been the second quarter uh, GDP figures, uh, basically South Africa's growth figures, which came out and, um, well, the, the, the news was bad and we expected it to be bad. When the country's been in lockdown for most of the second quarter and very little economic activity, we knew there would be a sharp uh, retraction. And there was indeed, uh, the South African economy lost percent during the second quarter alone and that's the biggest drop in the south african economy since the great depression um back in, in the early 1930s almost 100 years ago so yes it was bad bad news indeed um, the only good news i suppose coming after that is that uh, we would expect the third quarter to improve because the economy is moving again but the only sector of the economy that actually grew during the second quarter was agriculture and uh, that was simply because agriculture were able to continue operating during during the lockdown from April, May and June. Every other sector of the economy lost money to a greater or lesser extent, with uh, sectors like construction down over 90%. So really, it's, it, it wasn't good news figures at all for our economy. Yeah.
0: Um, I think one of the things that our listeners might benefit from is to understand from you um, what the difference is between Um, The 16% uh, decline or the contraction that you just spoke about versus um, the 51% um, contraction that is being quoted in other parts of the media where they're saying that it's been annualized. Is there a difference between these numbers? Well, it's just using the same numbers in different
1: contexts, basically. 16.4% was a quarterly decline, not an annual decline. And that works out. If we if we take out what happened in the in the first quarter as well, on that sort of trajectory, then the economy would decline by over fifty percent, as you point out. If that continues for the rest of the year, and that would be the annual figure. Now, there's no way, in my opinion, that we're going to have an economy decline by fifty-one percent. It was just people making the figures look worse than they already are, in my opinion. I I do expect, obviously, quite a sharp increase in the growth rate for the third quarter as we've moved down into lower lockdown levels and hopefully in the fourth quarter there is talk of even going down to lockdown level one in the next week or two and if that happens the fourth quarter should improve as well um, there's no doubt that, that, that 2020 is going to be a horrific year for our economy and um, most uh, economists are predicting a, a, a contraction over the annual rate between seven Ten percent, which is for an economy like ours, is absolutely devastating in any case, and that's certainly what we're looking at for the year. And um, you know, the news isn't good no matter which way you look at it. Even though there are
0: going to be economic improvements coming through now in the in the third and fourth quarters. So. And then I think the other the other interesting one uh, for me is just I guess appreciating um, the reality versus what what's actually on the ground. Did you think that? um the 16% was going to be you know that uh well, that it was going to be that high um because just talking to other economists and just people in the fraternity um some people were you know um estimating that it was a 10% contraction for that particular quarter others at 15 um so for you was it was it uh, that much of a shock Well, to be honest with you, not really.
1: It 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 might have been a little higher than, than most people expected, but not a lot higher as as you've already mentioned figures of 10 or 15 percent it was a very difficult one to predict because quite simply you've got to keep in mind most of us alive today in today's economy were not alive back in 1931 so we've never experienced this sort of economy or this sort of the the sort of fundamentals making up this economy so it was extremely difficult to predict exactly how much the losses were going to be and and as you correctly pointed out the the figures being bandied about were anything from 10 to 15 percent for the quarter, it came in slightly higher than that, but it's not a, not a total shock. We, we knew it was going to be bad, and we knew
0: that as an economy, we're going to take some pain, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and then I guess on the last point, um, what other data points have you also been, I guess, keeping up with um, just as uh, the stream of economic data has started um, to actually start flowing again over the last couple of months? Well, you know, we've got to keep in mind the economic
1: data never stop flowing. Believe it or not, the, the economy flows around the world regardless of whether we're working from home or not. And, we, you know, we've got to keep in mind we've actually had some surprises on the – and I'll obviously try and give your listeners some good news in in what is a very poor environment at the moment – but as we all know, our, our local all-share index dropped about 35% in, in March alone and as the lockdown kicked in and, and it looked absolutely terrible for, for local share investors. And our local share index is, is just about back to where it was before the lockdown started. Against all odds, it, it's holding its own, we should say. And, uh, and the market was at 1.35% today after a few days of, of, of going down. And that was because of an improvement in in the American market, and we look at even something like the oil price, which is very relevant to us because of the fuel price, but also because of a big share like Cecil. That went, the oil price went up 2.35% today. Cecil shares went up 4% on the back of that. So the oil... certainly areas where where people are making money if you are able to, to spot these these growth points and the the currency is holding its own as well it's uh, again we we can slightly today but uh yeah we're currently trading at 16.87 to the dollar and the, the pound is another one i look at 21.66 Remember, the dollar was touching pretty close to 20 at one point and the pound getting up towards 25. So we've come back from those levels. So the, the, the markets are actually holding their own in what is a very, very poor environment. And I think that's some good news. Sir.
0: So you heard that there is some good news, particularly around what's going on. Um, in the markets with the all share index together with some of the recovery um, that's happened in the Rand. That's been us with uh, Ken Swetanam, our financial expert, giving us a roundup of the week's um, top economics news. The big story at the moment is um, that contraction for the second quarter of uh, 2020 um, in uh, South Africa, 16% contraction, uh, 51% uh, on an annualized basis. And uh, he was just explaining to us what the difference is. Um, between uh, the sixteen percent and the other uh, figure that is uh, being uh, floated around, also talking to us about uh, what uh, it might mean going forward, as we expect a bit of a recovery and uh, much better, much better GDP figures when we now report um, the third and the fourth quarter. So that's been it on the other side of this. We we'll continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz, Business rep with Ken Sweatman. index on the business buzz. buzz. Since we are talking about uh, what it means to express yourself online within uh, the business settings and the like, uh, we decided to go online to talk about um, the new cybercrimes bill. You know, companies and businesses may need to have a specialist on hand that can actually help them to craft and and enforce policy around how they operate digitally, how people within an organization communicate digitally and how the company itself um communicates with the rest of the world so a social media manager d- becomes a very important uh, element to have a del- important skill and uh, expertise to have in a company and uh, looking at uh, the average um, social media marketing manager's salary um, across South Africa we are coming in at around 125 buffaloes uh, that's 12,500 rand per month or 150,000 rand a year uh, and also if we had to delve a little bit deeper uh, looking at some of the top provinces in the country you will find that the average salary does go up when you are in how Tang that's sitting at around the two hundred buffaloes or twenty thousand rand. In KZN, you're looking at around 150 buffaloes with 15,000 rand per month. And then in the Western Cape, that's uh, slightly below the the, the national average that we spoke about earlier at 123 buffaloes or 12,300 rand per month. So if you're a business and you're looking to hire yourself some expertise in the realm of social media, that's what it will cost you. The Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. You're tuned in to the Business Bus. It's time for us to get into our main topic for today and uh, we are talking about uh, what it means um, to be operating in a digital economy, doing business digitally, but more importantly, uh, what it means to be, uh, you know, communicating within a digital space in the corporate and uh, business world. Um, As uh, many of you might know, COVID-19 has led many people to be uh, that formerly worked in, in office environments to be working from home. Um, at the same time, we've seen that uh, in business, a lot of people are using things like WhatsApp, you know, to, to actually communicate with people. But what type of uh, controls, measures are there around what you do and say in some of these forums, some of these platforms and uh, how you use the technology? Let us know on uh, Facebook what you think, what any of your experiences have been. On Facebook, we have our FM of Voice of Vids. You can also find our other Facebook page uh, that is The Vits. Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at VARFM and then our hashtag is hashtag businessbuzz. So to, you know, get things rolling, uh, we are going to be talking uh, to uh, Nelisa Mulana, who is, uh, uh, who will be able to talk to us just about some of the apps that employers are using to track employees' productivity from home and uh, perhaps some of the, you know, ethical issues uh, that, uh, that are centered around it. Uh, Nelisa Lisa is the managing director of PR Trends ZA. nelissa greetings to you.
2: Hi there. Thanks for having
0: me. No, no, no. Thank you for being with us. Um, I think just as a as a good place for us uh, to begin the conversation, are there any standard regulations you know that are put in place during? Uh the time that employees you know start working at a new employer you know to actually make sure that they that they employ with the company's data security regulations or you know just being made aware of you know what it means to communicate uh or or do you know their work uh on digital platforms so I
2: think the general employment contracts uh, still apply according to the basic uh conditions of employment act but with, um, with that, usually comes with company policies in the onboarding process, as in your orientation into a company. And the major difference now would be the fact that obviously some people uh, come on board uh, working from home instead of going to a physical building to carry out their job. So obviously the employment contract would uh, specify these things, and then also obviously speak to the company's IT policies with regard to any equipment a person might have or whatever a company um, information that a person might need to uh, access remotely remote um, in order to do their
0: work. And then, you know, one of the things that we're really, you know, focusing on um, is this issue of a cyber crimes bill um, that uh, is meant to come into law soon. Um, commonly in a workplace what are some of the common cyber crimes that employees uh, tend to, to tend to actually commit in companies and is it really that deep <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah no it is that deep um crime is deep of any kind so um things like i mean some things that people might not be aware of would be things like sharing customer data um without uh, the necessary approvals uh, within the company. As we know that uh, customer's information is protected uh, by the the Protection of Personal Information Act. Um, You know, situations where a person, for example, misrepresents themselves um, and acts on behalf of the company of the employer without getting the necessary approvals or just good old plain fraud. Right, uh, where people either steal money or in kind um, things from customers and um, and from employers. So obviously, if it's fraud, that is treated as a, you know as the normal criminal procedures. Uh, you know, capable case will be reported, etc., and those processes will follow. So things like sharing um, uh, customer data, obviously internally, there would be investigations in order to see what. Security breaches have been uh, kind of breached. I mean, we've seen that with the recent Experian uh, data breach, where somebody seemed to ask for customer data and, um, and immediately they got it.
0: And then coming back to to, to employers specifically. Um, because we now, you know, have some insight, like you said, um, on what em- what type of crimes employees can actually commit um, against their organizations in the cyber realm. But in terms of employers themselves, because right now we are experiencing this life where people are working from home. What are some of the ways in which digitally um, employers are actually monitoring the productivity of their of their employees uh, vis-à-vis Um, Tracking them I think that's the best That's the better way You know How are employers Making sure that people Are doing what they're Meant to be doing
2: So employers have found You know A lot of different ways To to do that Uh, Some have You know From simple things Like WhatsApp groups uh, Where people are expected To do a check-in In in the group Every morning Or people do Morning calls or first people submit job registers and things like that. Some people have Google Hangouts. Uh, some people are using uh, apps like Trello or Asana um, or Slack. Um, some are using uh, MS uh, Teams, Microsoft. Um, MS Teams has a color coding system that shows when somebody is online and when they are away. So, uh, so yeah, so employers are using a mix of technologies to. To make sure
0: that people are clocking in and are doing the work during the day. You know, the, the when the when you're talking, you know, it certainly sounds like there are a myriad of ways that they can actually see uh, with their way online, all of that. Would you say that this is tantamount to, you know, spying or an invasion of privacy, or are we simply substituting uh, the line of sight that a manager would normally have over, let's say, subordinates in a normal office environment?
2: Yes. So, um, you know, in terms of security, I mean, when you use a company. Uh, equipment um, to access the internet, your social media, or even your uh, your personal emails. Um, uh, you know, you can't, the expectation of privacy is limited there because you are using someone else's equipment and their data. So, um, you know, the general line of march is that people need to be cautious when they use uh, their employer's equipment for personal things. Some employers. Say you can't use your laptop um, to access, you know, personal uh, websites. Some employers even uh, don't allow access to certain websites, you know, certain like you know your, your social media pages, etc. But employers should notify employees when they are obviously tracking your internet and monitoring your internet, so that um, you, you also know and they're not basically like buying on you. But um, there are certain pieces of monitoring software that employers can use to see everything you do on your on, your, on your laptop or phone. Um, even if you do delete files and clear your browser history, it does not mean that um, your internet activity can't be tracked.
0: Now, Nelisa, it really does sound as if um, for the people that might be listening and now really, you know, introspecting about how they've been using um, some of their work laptops. And in some cases, we've heard of um, employees who've had their entire workstations moved to their houses and now they're actually thinking to themselves about, um, you know, all the things that they've been doing on those machines, when does it actually become a danger? Um, does it become a danger just on an ongoing basis or um, would employees rather protect themselves in a situation where maybe, you know, you're caught wanting and then it does trigger some type of investigation into what you've been using your machines for? Yeah, so I
2: think, The I mean the general rule is that you a person needs to understand the company's IT policy, they need to understand the social media policy as well as the expected code of conduct so that you know what is acceptable and what is not. So for example, you know that you are allowed to go you can go to social media and social media sites and when you can do that and if you can use your, um, your devices, your company-issued devices for, um, for, for personal use. Some employers do allow it, um, based obviously on, on, on the rules that they've set. So it's important to understand um, your company's um, policies around uh, any, any equipment that you have or any software that you are using um, to, to, that you need to use in
0: order to do your job and beyond that because um i can definitely understand what you're saying you know when you are using company resources um there's there are certain policies that guide the, that usage and all that but within the personal realm you know how much control or jurisdiction do companies have over the ways in which um employees actually you know communicate um uh, because if I'm on my personal phone and I'm in a WhatsApp group and, you know, we're saying all these things, how much, you know, say does a company have over that type of communication or um, what a person is posting on their personal social media pages?
2: So, like I say, so, for example, I mean, it depends on what you agree with with your employer. So, remember, your employer is not just going to impose things or, um, you know, try and catch you out. Um, when you are doing things. um, It's important to understand, uh, you know, what productivity measures are there. So, for example, some employers would go as far as installing software that would count from Facebook to track the website you're visiting and actually take screenshots to keep tabs on what is on your computer screen at one time. So that's kind of like quite heavy, um, kind of... um, Invasive, almost uh, type of management. Others don't. They just expect you to to um, to drop in. So it's important to know uh, what um what is allowed in your company, as in what you signed for, and to uh, you know what you agreed to um, to adhere to before. Because most of the time, many of these things, you know, you will find a person post something on social media, and then they get into trouble uh, with their employer, it's not something new. It's always there in writing somewhere, so people need to know, if I'm going to be on social media, I like to be on social media, I need to understand where does my personal begin and end, and where does my employer um, and my job begin and end.
0: And then I guess on the last point, what advice would you have both for, um, on the one side, employees and, uh, and employers, um, on the other side, because you've already given us a lot of, um, a lot of ways in which people can just be made away but in but in terms of just making sure that um you stay safe on both sides as an as an employer making sure that your employees are actually doing their work, but at the same time you 're not uh, you 're just making sure that you don 't become um like, like a police state um like a mini police state, and at the same time as an employee making sure that um you just stay on the right side of things.
2: Yeah, but I think um, working virtually has obviously brought in new dynamics in terms of how we work um, from the fact, the expectation that, uh, you know, people need to work certain hours. Uh, a lot of the time, uh, working hours have become so flexible. Um, so employers and employees need to make sure that there's a clear arrangement around working time Break times, as well as obviously understanding that working alone in isolation can lead to you know anxiety, uh, people feeling down, people feeling lonely. So employers need to also make sure that you know they kick in um, programs that will kind of still encourage um, staff morale and encourage uh, you know connectivity between staff beyond um, just
0: so that's been us. Uh, we're with uh, Nelisa Nulana, who is uh, the managing director at PR Trends ZA and also the founder of uh, Coding Mamas. And she was just giving us uh, some insights into what it means to work digitally. And uh, increasingly, because of the lockdowns, a lot of people are working, you know, more remotely and just giving us some guidelines around what it means to do that and also what type of uh, policy. Our uh, companies tend to have just around communications, um, IT, the equipment that you use, and just making sure that you stay on the right side of things. Because um, if you go against your company's policies, sometimes it's very hard um, to walk back from uh, something like that. And she just started off by telling us that, yes, uh, there are a number of cyber crimes that are committed by employees, you know, sharing of uh, unauthorized data, such as customer data, uh, Um, ...in an unauthorized manner and it is that deep. Any crime is uh, that deep. So that's been it. On the other side of this, we continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. In our COVID Business Watch, we look at the impact of uh, COVID-19... ...on uh, various businesses in and around South Africa. And in this week's edition, it is based on someone who started a company... ...during um, uh, the pandemic and is actually having a great event in partnership with Alan Gray soon. Our producer Slin Lim Siwi spoke to uh, Stanley Wamsomi, who is uh, the co-founder and uh, chief operating officer of uh, the gym company. She is uh, currently pursuing a BCom degree majoring in economics and finance at uh, the university and is the co-founder of the finance gym company. She is a Golden Key scholar, writer, presenter and among other numerous on Entrepreneurial endeavors that she has gotten herself into. The finance gym is uh, one of the few that actually translates uh, into a direct uh, impact into people's lives. Uh, She is 20 years old from uh, Durban in KZN. Uh, The company is actually operating from there and provides financial literacy education uh, through their online website. Uh, So she was just answering uh, some questions for us. Um, When did you decide to start the finance? gym um, during the pandemic um actually why did you do that and also what are the three main things young people can do to track their finances during this time um what is your event about um what are you hoping to achieve and what advice um would you have for those struggling with the budgeting here's what she had to say
3: i would say that the pandemic gave us extra motivation to launch our website this is the time when people are connected more than ever virtually Um, and working online and so we know that audiences are plugged in and why not plug them in with content to help them increase financial literacy rates and that's why the work that we do here at the finance gym is so valuable to helping people map out their financial goals especially at a time like this when economies have taken a knock knowing how to use our money wisely can definitely help us navigate the space of personal finance We as a finance gym think that the three main things that young people should really look at when it comes to their finances, especially during this time, is first of all, budgeting. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And so a budget can really help a lot of us see where our expenses are drawn up, where our income is coming from, and what are the things that we we buy that really aren't helping us move forward and achieve our financial goals. The extra coffee that you buy at Starbucks that isn't necessary it could really be a penny that you put into investing in your business or investing um, in capital markets or debt securities. And so that's how we believe that budgeting is so store that we all need to cultivate. During this time, we hear every day on the news that a company has retrenched a plethora of workers and unemployment rates have been And in the midst of all of the economic battles that we face, It's important for us to become creative about how we generate extra income. If you have skill or a love, how you can capitalize on that and start your own bakery. Um, If you are good at developing apps and good at technology, how can you help companies that are now looking to pivot their businesses to operate online? Being creative and innovative about developing multiple streams of income is so imperative to survive in such a fickle economy and in such volatile times that we live in. And then thirdly, young people should really look at um, how they set financial goals for themselves. It's important to look at the future and ask yourself business or whatever else that you want to do. These are things that we need to think about. And to reach financial goals, we need financial skills. We need to learn budgeting skills. We need to um, learn about investments, about annuities, about retirement funds, and all of these things. So, setting financial goals for yourself is incredibly important because it allows you to divert your attention to learning the skills that you need to get to that goal. Our event that is coming up on Friday is an amazing event that we've curated in partnership with Alan Gray. We've titled our event, Defining Your Financial Future, because we do believe that in order to have a successful financial future, you need to know that you are the author of your financial destiny. And so, we want to equip Our audiences with the goal to make wise financial decisions to develop a strong foundation for their financial futures. Our event will be on Zoom from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., and we have a major of speakers, some from Alan Gray, and one that we've reached out to. His name is Zali Mambuele. He is a property entrepreneur and is very, very known for the impact that he's made in in the property space and within his different property endeavours and our two speakers are from Alan Gray and they'll also be touching on numerous subjects around personal finance we're going to be talking about things such as budgeting certain financial goals multiple streams of income and investment options that you can make and we think that these are aspects that young people can look at to integrate into their own um personal financial destiny and be successful Our advice to those who are struggling with budgeting is plug into all the networks and resources that you can. There's so much information out there about budgeting. There's so many books about budgeting. Our website has so much information um, about budgeting. And so knowledge is power. Knowledge gives you the power to change the course of your life. And we believe that organizations such as ourselves and other organizations are really there to give you that knowledge To be the author of your own financial destiny.
0: More justice on the business bars. Welcome back to the business buzz. We are discussing uh, the new cyber, cyber crimes bill and some of the implications that it might have in and around the world of business in South Africa. And to sort of shed some light on what's actually going on, what it actually means. Um, we have decided to turn to a legal expert. Uh, we're joined by um, Amanda Manyame, who is a digital law and policy advisor uh, to just take us through some of these things. Amanda Greetings to you.
2: Hi, Madiwa. Thanks for having me
0: on today. No, 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 no. Thank you. I think just uh, uh, as a point of departure, the SA Cybercrimes Bill, what does it actually entail and actually deal with when it comes to um, online cybercrimes?
4: Okay, so what the bill does is because we've now gone to a point where a lot of the crimes are physical, now they are online, this bill makes a number of the of the crimes that you would have usually physically be, being done online, now they become crimes in, in in terms of the bill. So some of the new crimes or new offenses that you have in terms of this bill would be cyber fraud, cyber forgery, cyber utterances, cyber extortion, um, and uh, other types of malicious com- communications as the bill calls them. So, these would be communications that are calling for, for, for violence or damage to property or violence against other people. or um, And the big one would be the messages which uh, are spreading what you would call revenge porn or an intimate image that mm. was shared with you.
0: Yeah. And then, I guess, on that front, in terms of it actually becoming law um how far are we do you think from actually um getting it in because um it is still a bill which means there's uh there, there are probably processes that still need to be done to actually get it um enacted
4: so now it has been signed off by the national, the national council of provinces which was the final step for this bill it has been sent to the president, and the president now has to assent to the bill. That is, he has to give his thumbs up, essentially, and sign the bill to become an act. And then he will give a date for when this act or this bill will now become law. So I can't give you a, a, a timeline. Um, as, as we all know, we had Poppy, which has which was an act from 2013, and only came into effect this year in July. So it could be any day now. Or it could be a few years from now, but hopefully, it's soon. Because the only step left is president has to give a thumbs up and sign it into law.
0: Um, actually, I, I like the fact that you've just uh, brought up uh, poppy. Um, do you see? Uh, do you see the country sort of going down this path of enacting more and more, I guess, digital-related uh, laws? Um, as time goes by, because. Um, You know, when it comes to, you know, poppy and privacy and all of that, it took us a while to to get to that point. But now there's also a cyber crimes law, you know, hopefully that will come into effect soon. Um, Do you think we are likely to then see more bills being proposed on the digital front? I I would hope so. We
4: definitely should. Um, Working within the digital law space, I do think we need more policies that allow us to be able to use the, the tech that we have now. So you you have an instance where everyone in the country is using a lot of these apps, a lot of the smart devices, um, but then there aren't really laws that deal with some of the instances that you come across as you use your smartphone, your smart device, your your laptop, as you send a WhatsApp message, sometimes there aren't any laws that deal with that. So we definitely do need more laws, and I think we are going to that point where we need laws that will deal with the fact that some industries are now interlinked, where you look at fintech, so you do need a law that now transcends between the normal um Banking into more of the technical aspect of it, you also have health tech, uh, whereby you might put your health data into an app, and that is not necessarily a doctor. So you would have to deal with that from a legal perspective. So I definitely, I think we we will definitely going to where we get more laws, um, and if it takes a long time, it is laws that we do need in the in the foreseeable future.
0: And related to that, uh, because you are talking about, uh, you know, our lives are becoming increasingly digital, and there are a lot of uh, over- overlaps that are happening. New forms of communication such as, um, you know, social media and, um, the conversions or convergence, sorry, of different technologies like banking and technology that you're talking about. But another interesting one, um, on the social media or communications front is what people are sending to each other on WhatsApp. Um, there was a recent uh, issue where Discovery, uh, where employees at Discovery were actually fired for distributing messages through WhatsApp, um, a WhatsApp group chat, you know, about the company that were actually deemed to contravene the company's social media policy. So from that point of view, what kind of relationship do you think actually exists between um, the company's social media policy, the Cyber Crimes bill, or any other um, laws that may be applicable? Oh, that's
4: actually a very interesting example, because if you look at that the discovery case, um, I, and I'm only clearly basing this off of newspaper reports, because uh, it hasn't necessarily stayed as a CCMA, so we don't have a record of what exactly transpired. But um, firstly, you have uh, employees that are on a WhatsApp group. I think most of us are in WhatsApp groups, and you've shared things that um, are maybe unsavory or threats against the company. And when these things were shared, one, one of the people in the group who's an employee then shared this information with Discovery. And so they were a whistleblower, and they did this purportedly in in terms of the Protected Disclosures Act. So already here yeah, what they have shared is protected. And it was done so in terms of the law and they, they did this purely because um some of the messages being shared with threats and the cyber crimes bill when it becomes an act does deal with uh threats against uh damage to property or to persons and these were damaged to I I believe it was damaged to to property at discovery as well as to defend the discovery um, so although it, it, it is a company that has a reputation to up, 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 uphold. So what then happens is companies end up having what they call communications policies or social media policies that deal with, with communications between the employees and the company and em, 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 employees on their social media platforms as well as in, in the WhatsApp groups. So the, the reason they do this is to protect the company itself. Um, and this, usually goes beyond you using your company laptop or your company cell phone so you could have been using it on your private cell phone but the the reason they do this is as a company we don't want to control what you say but we do need to manage the reputation or any physical damage that might happen to the company so you do see where the cyber crimes deal comes in here because it does deal with that it doesn't specifically say an employer can have a social media policy or a communications policy. Um, The Labor Relations Act also doesn't specifically say that you can have this particular policy, but it does say that an employee should always deal in good faith against the employer. So as as an employee, there are certain things you can do and there are certain things you can't do. But I I have realized that to an extent, we we don't necessarily uh, attach some form of value to our digital press personalities. So sometimes we do share things online that we would have never shared in person. Uh, but then, as as we are seeing more and more, I believe in twenty seventeen, F&B had a somewhat similar case as well, and they ended up having to dismiss uh, I think two employees at that time. But you do need we do need to get to a point where we realize that we would never share certain things in person in the physical realm but we do share them online and we, we are liable for what we share online so we do have to be careful um because if it's a crime in the physical realm it is a crime in the side in the cyber of it
0: it one of the things uh, that it does sound like though is that it's a very sounds very complex and I say that because of there's a statement that you said, we don't want to control what you say, but we want to manage the company's, uh, reputation. And those things do seem or sound, um, somewhat contradictory <laughs> when you, when you, when you, when you look at them on the face. So I guess, you know, that then begs the question of, uh, you know, what is actually said in private because i want to draw that parallel between the physical realm and uh what's a, and what's actually happening you know in a digital space if a if a group of employees decide to sit in the canteen at a at a table right and say disparaging things amongst themselves right about a company is that not similar to them saying disparaging things or, you know, things that could hurt the reputation about a company on a WhatsApp group? You know, as in how much, how much, how much, how much control can a company actually have, have over, you know, the lunchtime chats of, um, you know, group of employees sitting around a table? Or is the issue just made extra or more exacerbated by the fact that it is being distributed on a digital channel? Firstly, when you send
4: that data message, that WhatsApp message, that Facebook message, you have proof. So now your this company, your employer, now has proof against you. <laughs> if you sit in a canteen and you have said this, and it's possibly not even loud, and I'm sure most of us would just whisper, I'm not happy, I'm not happy about this and that, um, there's really no proof to that. You haven't done anything in in law at the end of the day you need to be able to prove it so i haven't done anything i'm just not happy about a certain thing that has happened and in the discovery case they were quite unhappy so you may chatter and say i'm not happy about this oh oh my goodness i i don't like xyz but now when you send it in a whatsapp group and you've sent it as a as a message now you are saying these things, and it seems it went beyond simply stating, I'm not happy about the working conditions. It went to, well, let's do X, Y, Z. Let's cause damage to, to, to discovery. So the, the moment you start saying that, and more so when there's evidence of you having said that, and then you have another employee who whistle blows and is protected in terms of law, it becomes, firstly, it, it, is, it does sound very complicated because there are certain aspects to it but um, if you now go to the CCMA or the labor courts uh, what the Labor Relations Act says is if you are dismissed for misconduct which is the issue in this case there are certain things that would need to be proven so it's it's not as simple, an, an employer has a policy and you've contravened the policy. There are certain steps that the employer would have to follow and if the employer is saying that we've dismissed you because this is a gross misconduct on your part, um, they, there are certain things that they would also need to prove. Definitely having a thread of messages does not work in your favour. So it is definitely better to go sit in the canteen and, and talk about it instead of creating a WhatsApp group. I, I would I would always say that. Um, I, I believe back in the day when Facebook was just starting, would always hear, do not post what your mother, what you would not be happy, your your, your mother seen online. So it's, it's the same thing with the WhatsApp groups. I think you should just always be careful what it is that you are posting um, because in law now you are finding that uh some some of the things that we do state where we, we we might not be serious but I don't know that you are not serious. So if I see a WhatsApp message saying that you want to kill me, I definitely will take that very seriously.
0: And then lastly, you know, very briefly because we are uh, running out of time, um is there any recourse um for uh, for for an employee who's dismissed on some of these grounds um, especially if it's, you know, if it's a subjective matter, uh, they may or may not have really been saying something disparaging. The, the, the thread of messages is there, but you know, it's contestable, you know, because on the one hand, it does sound as if, um, the one recourse is the fact that, uh, the burden of proof is on the employer. But apart from that, what, where else, what else can an employee do?
4: Uh, so an, an employee can go to the CCMA, which is free by the way. You can go to the labour court, um, but then possibly starting point in this instance for misconduct would be the CCMA. You you lay what's called an unfair dismissal claim, and in in terms of this unfair dismissal claim. Firstly, if you are dismissed, there has to be a plausible reason for why you're dismissed. This dismissal has to be fair, both substantively and procedurally. So an employee would have to decide was this substantively fair, as in did I break a rule, was the rule reasonable and necessary to begin with, and were employees aware of this rule? So if it's not fair, uh, in, 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 in terms of one of those, then you can definitely take it to the CCMA. And then you also have procedural fairness. So did they have a disciplinary hearing? Um, if it was serious, did they sit down and try find out, uh, why these employees say these things? Like, like, like you are saying, it might just be a trade off. We were a bit annoyed. Um, text doesn't have tone, it was said in jests, and we're just blowing off steam, it wasn't anything serious, and all 10 employees uh, state this. Then you would also have to say, well, we didn't even have a disciplinary hearing. So from a procedural standpoint, this wasn't fair. So CCNA, labor courts, and um, the employee is the one that who has the burden at this stage to prove that this dismissal wasn't fair.
0: So that's been us with uh, Amanda Manyame, who is a digital law and policy advisor, just giving us uh, some insight into uh, the new SA crimes bill. Uh, she's um, explaining to us that it's been given all the sign offs um, that it needs, except for one, and it's, uh, that is the president's. And now that just depends on, um, you know, when he gets round to signing it for it, it coming into, into force. And then also just uh, talking about about uh, you know this new realm of uh, social media and digital communication and what type of control uh, companies actually have over what you send and post in WhatsApp groups or on social media and her advice is just that If you'd rather not have your mother or someone uh, read what you have to say, rather not post these things on social media or in some of these private chat groups. So that's been it. Uh, On the other side of this, we continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. So that's it. We've come to the end of today's show. Thank you to everyone who was listening. Thank you to our guests, uh, Nelisa and Amanda, for sharing their insights with us. My big takeaway is just that if... It's something that you would not want Your mother, grandmother to see Or hear from you in the real world Rather not post it online Or in one of those WhatsApp groups You can be held liable Especially if you are in a company That has a robust um, social media policy Or communications policy on hand Um, We're going to be, you know Becoming more digital You know, as time goes on We, We keep saying this And over the last 10 years the way that people have embraced digital communications and they've become a mainstay in the way that people um, do business it really doesn't mean that government together with private sector and um, public sector players will be coming up with more robust policies around how they police these things internally i like what amanda was saying about that that we're likely to expect even more policies coming from um, the government and companies to be doing more on that front but but otherwise, let us know what you thought of the topic. Let us know, have you been uh, on the wrong side of uh, communicating, uh, disparaging things about an organization and uh, being, caught wanting in the digital realms? On Facebook, we are Vow FM. that's Voice of Vits. You can also find our other Facebook page, that is the Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at Vow FM, And then our hashtag is hashtag businessbuzz. You can also search for us on iono.fm for our podcast, And uh, you can also get our great content on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So with that, we've reached the end of tonight's show. Thank you so much to everyone. As I said, thank you to our amazing team, our technical producer, together with our executive producer glory mabuza our producers Lem cv uh, together with uh, simbarashe honde don't miss the business but same time same place next week for more insight into the world of business don't turn that dial we've got more great content coming up next on vow fm so from myself Leon mob justice gavaza and the the team it is good afternoon and take care more justice on the business buzz the business buzz
1: podcast